Hey fellas, in this entry to Zoomer's Diary, I post this episode 24 hours later than I was supposed to, but talk about our very first show of the year, Mother Goose is Eaten by Werewolves. It's, it's a kid's show, don't worry. Fellas, I'm gonna be honest with you, it's kinda hard to be yourself speaking in a podcast when if you talk too loud your mic just peaks and also if you keep using p's and b's your mic fucking explodes anyways hi welcome to uh azuma's diary i'm eduardo batiste your lovely gracious host i never have an intro to these things so i don't know why i'm doing them now uh mostly because i'm a bit apologetic i'm gonna be honest with you guys I am aware that it is currently not Saturday. (laughs) It is Sunday. Uh, is that's kind of bad, but I have a good reason for it. Yesterday, I was not able to release uh, a new episode because I know uh, you were. Oh, what? The, my mic just farted aggressively. Hello? Oh, wait. Technical difficulties. Oh God. Anyways, we're we're good now. Uh, because I know the five people that watch this podcast were really hoping for a new episode. Anyways, uh, yesterday. Uh, last episode, actually, let me start by saying that last episode, I made it aware to the people, no, two episodes ago, two episodes ago, I made it aware to the people that I am a theater kid. Now, uh, of course, that resulted in a massive drop uh, in my view count, um, currently quite devastated about that, and by massive drop, I mean the 10 people that watched dropped down to five. Anyways, I am a theater kid, uh, and yesterday we did have our first, okay, nope, you know what, no, 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 I'm not a theater kid. I am a kid who is in theater. Now, would everyone else beg to differ? Yes, but I am standing here, and I am defending myself, and I am saying I am a kid in theater, and I am not a theater kid. Don't ask anybody that knows me that, because they will give you the wrong answer. Anyways, yesterday, we finished our production of our first show of the year. So, uh, my theater company, like uh, Stagelings Theater Co., that's what it's called at my high school, uh, we have a show every semester, and then every other year, we have a musical on top of that. So, we finally finished uh, our first show of the year. It was a kid's show. We were all excited for it, uh, except for the people that were embarrassed, because it was a kid's show. Um... It was uh, first uh, first show uh, of the first semester called Mother Goose is Eaten by Werewolves. Now, does the name kind of dissuade you from thinking that it's a kid's show? Yes. When I told my mom the name, she was like, are you sure it's a kid's show? I'm like, yes, you just, have to, you just have to come see it. But no, Mother Goose is Eaten by Werewolves. It's a kid's show. It's a little over an hour long. It was an absolute blast. Uh, yesterday was our last showing of it. Uh, our, our last like the show because we performed it Friday and then we performed it Saturday same time um, it was wonderful so I do have a valid reason for not uh, making an episode yesterday so I'm making up oh god I have to burp give me a second okay no we're good um, so I'm making uh, up for it by posting one now because you know here at Azumar's Diary we like to stay consistent and be on top of things anyways uh this episode obviously is going to be talking about the show i we were rehearsing it for about let's see um three a good three four months right now let's see what december december is the 12th month minus four that was january february march april may june july and august september 
Yeah, about starting in September. So how this process works, how we pick the shows, is we go into my theater teacher's like library of plays, right, that she's collected over the years. She's been teaching for like 20 years. Absolute G. Miss K, if you're listening, I hope you're not, but you're, you're a real one. Um, anyways, we go into her library of plays, and we sort through them based off of cast size and based off of the length so we estimate that like each page is going to be about a minute right to perform and then we pick all the books we sort through them all and then once we actually find uh, a handful that we like we then each pick one to thoroughly read through and fully understand the plot of and then we make this whole document it's part of our assignment for the grade in the class uh, it's an assignment for the grade uh, of our class so it works in uh, that way uh, we read through it make the review and then send it to the teacher and then based off of the reviews reviews that we give her of the plays that we chose our teacher then picks the play that we're going to go with and we're going to build the set for and we're going to perform now your boy uh picked the show that we performed wrote a review for it i the the, the sheer eloquence dripping from that google doc was immense and uh so she was like oh my gosh ed this looks amazing we're doing this play because you know you're so awesome and your your taste is is great and then i was like oh yeah no you're welcome thank thank you thank you so much anyways uh yeah i picked i found mother goose is eaten by werewolves it is a show about four fairy tale characters godmother witch prince and wolf uh a, fa- a fairy godmother a witch a prince and wolf, yada 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 uh going down to the theater to see a play so they're all sitting in the audience right at the beginning of the show and they're going to watch the performance with the audience um so it's happening it's basically it's happening in the real world uh and as the play is about to start uh, they learn that uh, the fairy godmother, the uh, fairy godmother and the wolf are talking, and they're like, "Oh yeah, there's going to be werewolves in this show. It won't be too bad." And the fairy godmother's freaking out, whatever. And then backstage, they hear a scream and howls. As I guess though, I guess I know what the, I know what happened. I we did the show. Uh, as the werewolves that were supposed to be in the original production got out. So what we did is we all were backstage howling and growling, and uh, instead of using masking flats, which if you don't know masking flats are these big uh these like uh wooden walls that we put up near the entrances to uh stage left and stage right so like right next to the curtain so we can kind of we have more room to walk backstage so they can't see us um instead of masking flats we had these little wooden trees uh, that we stole from a band performance. Uh, I don't know if they knew that we stole them. Anyways, these little wooden like trees, these like two piece wooden trees, and then we all clustered them up at the edge of the curtain, and then we were all behind them. And I was like behind the trees, like shaking them as we were howling and growling, um, pretending to be the werewolves. And the stage manager, the person who's running the supposed to be running the show, is telling uh, Mother Goose to get out to like get out there and start the show. Um, and then she gets eaten by werewolves. Uh, the mother goose does. She screams. We howl and growl. I shake the trees, and we threw a bucket of white feathers <laughs> off stage. So it was just like you. All you heard was a scream, and then just white feathers just get launched off stage. Um, so mother goose gets eaten by werewolves, and then the four fairy tale characters in the audience are like, "Oh no, we're not gonna have a show!" And so they're all getting ready to leave. Yada yada. They're all messing around with the audience, and the fairy godmother is like, "Well, I know some stories if you'd like to tell them," um, because she doesn't want to disappoint all the lovely children. Now, 
it's supposed to be performed in front of a crowd of children. Uh, and we did do that for our first matinee. Uh, except when during our perform actual performances at seven, right? Friday, Saturday, when the majority of the audience was people in their 30s, they kind of had she kind of had to change the line a bit. So instead of disappointing all these lovely children, it was disappointing all these lovely people. Um, but it, it worked out in the end. Uh, and so Fairy Godma was like, I know some stories, right? So you wouldn't want to disappoint the children. And she's like making the audience cry. So then the stage manager gives in and lets them perform. And the rest of the show is them performing their stories. Uh, it starts with Sleeping Beauty. Then the prince tells their side of the story, how they were this, uh, uh, this narcissistic prince that didn't care for anyone. And then a witch turned them ugly. And then they had to go uh, kiss somebody to like reverse the curse and yada yada. And then... Uh, the wolf tells, tells their side of the story and talks about how the wolf fits in the Sleeping Beauty and they go on this whole adventure and stuff. It was an absolute blast. Uh, I was... So, the original play, the reason why I didn't think I thought that I wasn't going to get mine picked was because the original play had either four cast members, so the wolf, the prince, the fairy godmother, uh, the witch... And then, oh, sorry, five cast members and the stage manager and the four fairy tale characters were going to be just changing costume. And in the script, it talks about how they, they're changing characters and stuff. So you either had to have four characters or you had to have 31. So I didn't, it, we had a cast size of 13. So we kind of had to do some triple casting there. Uh, but it worked out in the end. Um, I was triple casted. I was uh, Steve. <laughs> Uh, a newsboy. I was Prince Reg, a, uh, a, a a dumb prince who who kissed, who's the first one to kiss Sleeping Beauty. And I was uh, Shmo out of uh, Zingo, Larry, and Shmo, which are these three servants that were in some of the stories for the prince and the wolf. And uh, costume. Let me talk about costume changes. Costume changes weren't that bad. Uh, actually, no. We're not. We're not going to talk about costume changes. We're going to talk about set now. Yeah, boy. Let me tell you. He, I always get smack for not being handy. Like, I was, okay, I never grew up, I didn't grow up in a household where I had to be the one to fix the sink. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, people give me flack for not being able to just uh, do things like that require mild levels of uh, technical skill. Um, and, they see me flimsily wield a drill and they're like, wow, you really suck. Well, listen, I didn't grow up around drills, all right? I grew up around tortillas and empanadas and my grandma and my mom doing everything for me because they absolutely adored me. So I never had to fix the sink. The guy that they hired to come fix the sink fixed the sink, right? I never had to work a, the engine of a car because I couldn't drive, right? So uh, to be able to build the set for this show was kind of awesome and was a really really good learning experience so i was on set crew so the way the the show was divided they all divide us into as the class goes like so the, the rest of the class basically is focused on the show like that's our project that's our main thing that our, our grade is going to be based upon and so what our drama teacher does is she divides us all into these various crews. So we have costume crew, we have set crew, we have publicity crew, we have light crew, and we have sound crew. Um, and this is all right. This is all the original cast that is. So we're working on the show. We're the technique. We're we're being the techies and the actors at the same time. Um, 
So I was in set crew with one other person, and that one other person named me set captain. So that's damn right. Um, we decided to build uh, these things called periactoi. Now, across the show, the scene, the scenery does change, right? So the, uh, when we were looking through the script, we noticed that there were three main locations. There was the, a forest, right? Some like fancy mystical forest. There was a castle. And then there was a castle with vines, right? So it's like brick that was overgrown uh, over centuries, right? It was the part, it was mostly included in the part with uh, Sleeping Beauty, right? Where Beauty pricks her finger on the spindle and she goes to sleep, but everybody else in the castle sleeps. So then the castle gets overgrown with vines and hidden and yada, yada, yada. Um, so we looked at that and I'm like, okay, there's three main things. Uh, what if we had this, this, the background on wheels? So like, like a back, a tri, a tri faced background that could be turned. And so the scenery changed. And then my drama teacher looked at me and was like, oh yeah, I know what those are. Those are called periactoi, like periactoi. Um, despite her telling me the name, uh, I still proceeded to call them prokaryactoi for the rest of the show, uh, even though that is a that is a that is that is a that that is a single celled organism, um, not a not a piece of scenery. Uh, Periactoi are these um, triangular. So there's these there are these flats right that are the these flats these like wooden panels on wheels and they're uh, triangular right. So there's three faces to them and. On each face, there is a piece of scenery, and you put all the. So we had four periactoi, and when you put the four periactoi together, they painted one grand picture, right? So you paint the scenery on them, then you go to the next face and you paint a different scenery on them. So all you have to do is just turn them, and the scene changes. Um, so uh, we planned those out, we built them. Uh, me saying we built them, I mean, uh, I built, I did like half of the work, and then the techies did the other half. Um, actually, no. I'm gonna be honest. I did a quarter of the work, and the techies did the other uh, three quarters uh, because they actually painted the thing. But I'm not saying I did nothing because who came up with the idea, right? And you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's what I'm saying. Because um, uh, we have uh, the stagelings, we have the theater class, right? It's like a regular theater, and then uh, they have the theater technical class, right? So we're just working on the technical aspects of the show. So, periactoi, we built them, so one side had a castle wall, the other side had a castle wall with, like, vines overgrowing it, so we actually, like, hot glued, uh, uh, they actually hot glued vines to the outside of it, uh, and then the other side was the forest. Um, it was pretty great, so according to my drama teacher, my drama teacher, uh, they had spent about, like, a little over... They had built Periactoi four times before, and it never worked. But hey, you know, call me a token of good luck. But this time, it worked, and it was awesome. So we just had to put... They were going to be top-heavy, because the flats were like 11 feet tall. So we had to build... Uh, they had to build in the base of the uh, base of the, the Periactoi, where the wheels are. They had to build out these little planks of wood that would support it, like about a foot that would support it, so it wasn't very top-heavy. So it wouldn't just... You wouldn't stand it up, and it'd immediately slide and crush somebody. Um, but yeah, I guess fifth time's the charm. It finally worked, and it turned out absolutely awesome, amazing. When the scene changed, we would just go, four people would go back to, uh, behind the periactoi and then turn it, so then the scenery would change. Uh, and yeah, it was a blast working on the set crew. Um, 
let's see, costume crew also had a wonderful time because a lot of people were triple casted or double casted or triple casted. And what that means is just they had to play two characters or they had to play three characters. So how that process works is that our drama teacher looks at the script, makes a Google, Google, uh, a Google sheet. Yeah, Google sheet. And she marks where all of the characters are. And she looks at it and it's like, okay, which characters are on at the same time, which characters aren't. And so based off of that information, she then double cast people or triple cast people or whatever. So I was triple casted. Uh, I was Steve, the newsboy. Uh, in, this is in order in order of appearance. Steve, the newsboy, Prince Reg, and uh, Shmo. And costume crew had to find uh, costumes for everybody that were fairy tale like and weren't too modern weren't too old-timey and they also had to find costumes that were easy to change out of well let me tell you it (sighs) this goes the same for set crew as well the set wasn't finished until like the first day of the show and neither were the costumes <laughs> so for all of our dress rehearsals after so dress rehearsals are just like rehearsals but we run through the show like we were actually running through it um so there's uh, uh seniors who have graduated previously in the audience and they're giving us tips and advice um so for the dress rehearsals we had to like wear these half-assed costumes that weren't even finished <laughs> and looked super super bad and we're like falling apart because they actually hadn't finished their costumes yet. And then also the periactoid were just blank. <laughs> they had nothing painted on them. So we just had to be like, pretend there's a forest here. Um, anyway, uh, costume crew had a wonderful time finding costumes. So we have two closets. We have the men's, uh, men's closet and the women's closet. And this is pretty funny. The men's closet is this little like dressing room sized uh, like cubby at the end of the hallway where the dressing rooms are and the and the women's closet is this gigantic like facility like a factory sized tunnel that has four rows that has two rows of costumes right it is this is a two-storied massive tunnel that is filled to the brim with clothes but the thing is like not all of it is women's clothing like there's there's a lot of men's clothing in there, so they call it women's cl- closet, even though there's there's it's not just wi- anyways. It is absolutely ginormous. It's this like fifty foot deep tunnel of two store of a two storied closet, and that's where we get all the costumes from. But I just find it really funny that the gigantic one is the women's closet, uh, very representative of like everything else uh, related to closets. Uh, I have a regular size closet. My sister has a walk in closet, even though she doesn't sleep in her room yet very very fun thank you mom uh anyways uh they had to find they had to fish through the costumes the giant you know tunnel of 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 clothes that miss k has collected over her past 20 years 20 something years of being here and find costumes for everybody uh and find costumes that were going to be easy to change out of and if they weren't easy to change out of then all you had to do was just learn how to change out of them quickly now i had for the first one i had uh, we were all wearing, we all had to wear tights, by the way. It was wonderful. It was my first time wearing tights. Um, I was not aware that you had to bundle up the tights and then put them on instead of fully stretching them on and then putting them on. Uh, I have made that mistake. I seem to make that mistake a lot with things that you're supposed to like keep clo- keep uh, bundled up before you put it on and you just like kind of roll it on. 
if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. Uh, so yeah, that was great. They they did a rip though, cause you know just too much ass or something. Anyways, uh, my first costume was just uh, I had to wear pants, not pantaloons, knickers, knickers, CK. Uh, I had to wear knickers, uh, a little old timey shirt and a vest with a little newsboy cap. And I had a little satchel, like a news satchel, and because uh, I was a newsboy, and I wasn't expecting to wear knickers for knickers for the um, for the show. So I was a bit worried. I'm like, oh no, people are gonna make fun of my skinny calves. But anyways, nobody noticed, so, so it was fine. Uh, that was my first costume, and then I had to completely change out of that and put on these purple pantaloons, this white flowy like. Uh, collared, uh, you know, like the poofy collar, I call it like the turkey gobbler uh, shirt at the top with like a black vest over it and had a crown and everything. I had to change out of that. Um, and then after uh, I did my scene as the prince, I then had to run off stage, put my sword down, put my horse down. I had a, I had a stick with a horse head on it. It was, it was wonderful. I uh, put my horse head down, then run to the opposite end of the stage, take my crown off, and then throw over this like medieval uh, medieval overshirt, like it was like uh, it was. How do how do I describe it? It was this. It had a pattern on it of like four squares. It was like a like just a, like a knight's shirt almost. Um, you just put your head through it, and then it's open sleeve at the bottom. It's basically this blanket that you just put over yourself um, with a little tiny sword on it. And then I had to run there, put that on and then go back on stage through that entrance in time for my next scene. Um, But the thing is, that third costume change, I was a part of a group of three servants, right? Zingo, Larry, Schmo, I was Schmo. Um, And one of the servants, Larry, was the witch, was one of the main characters. So for her to go off stage and change in time was a little difficult. And for every single rehearsal and for every single show except for the Saturday one she was late on the <laughs> on the queue because she was too busy changing out of her costume so I didn't want to walk because like it's it's Zingle in the script it's like Zingle Larry Schmel right you always walk in that order and I didn't want to walk out of that order so if she wasn't ready I just wouldn't walk on stage so then uh, our Zingo the first servant would be walking on and then she'd look behind her and realize that we weren't on stage and then she'd panic um, and then we saved it in the end she uh, Larry eventually changes out of her witch costume into uh, the Larry costume and she runs in front of me I'm like come on come on come on and she runs in front of me and we it's like a three stooges bit we run into each other so it worked out in the end um one time though uh this was during our friday performance there is a part where she has to go off stage um and then change back into her witch costume and then change back into her larry costume and we finish our we finish one of our scenes the servant scenes and we go off stage and even though we had one more scene as the servants before Larry came on as the witch, uh, she changed back into her witch costume. <laughs> so when our cue line happened, 
um, it was so it was the wolf telling their side of the story. It was the wolf uh, first saying how the wolf fit into the story of Sleeping Beauty. And the story goes that the wolf found this uh, crying little lady in the middle of the forest. Uh, and when he pounced on her, she wasn't afraid. She was like, go ahead and eat me, Mr. Wolf. And the wolf is like, oh, what's up? And uh, she starts explaining. It's like a Cinderella story. Uh, it starts explaining how her and her father lived together and uh, his father, her father, Father married this horrible stepmother who had a horrid, fat, ugly daughter. And when her father died, they treated her like garbage. And when a uh, king, a king was coming to uh, find a find a maiden to marry, they cast her out because they were afraid that the king would marry her because of her beauty. Yada yada yada. And the wolf is like, "Oh my goodness, that's terrible." And she goes, "Oh, I know. So go ahead and eat me, Mr. Wolf. Uh, I'm sure I would make a much more delicious meal than my stepmother and stepsister who are at home, alone, unprotected by anyone." And so then the wolf goes and eats the stepmother and the stepsister. Uh, we, <laughs> the wolf just walks off stage, and then when the, the wolf is narrating that uh, he ate the stepmother and the stepsister, we just had two of the girls scream off stage. And so then they come back on. Uh, the girl, her name's Prune Dana, she's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much, Mr. Wolf. You're great. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh boy, it crashed into a wall. Oh yeah, is like, oh, you're great. <sighs> and... Uh, the wolf is like, oh, no problem, peace, <laughs> and just leaves, and so then the wolf continues narrating that the king came and saw Prune Danish, and was like, oh my gosh, you're beautiful, and then they got married, and then the king died in a tragic scooter accident, so when the servants came on, the servants came on, and were like, all hail good Queen Danish, and we left a scooter for him on stage, we kept it off, like, stage left, and then we brought it on, and so the king then gets the scooter, and then rides around, and then when the wolf says he died in a tragic scooter accident, he just kind of, like, falls and dies, <laughs> and then the servants come on and we look at each other and then we drag him off stage. And it was, apparently it was the funniest thing ever. But then when the king dies, the prune, prune Danish reveals her true colors, right? And she's super, actually, she's super evil and is really mean. And the servants come on, I come on and I'm like, I need fire. I'm holding, um, uh, quote unquote coins. They were actually just, uh, what were they? They were, they weren't nuts. They were, um, Oh my gosh, they were washers, right? That you put onto screws, like the little circular things. Uh, so I come on holding my coins and I'm like, I need firewood and nasal decongestant. And then she like chokes me and is like, cough up that money. And so I'm like, okay. And then hand her the money. Then she goes to the next servant, the next servants. Like, it was a terrible harvest. And if I don't have this money, I'll starve. And she's like, so starve already. I have to pay my, pay my hairdresser. Look at these roots. And then she takes her money and she comes off state or comes back to the other side. And the other servant comes on and is like, I need this money to feed my starving children. And she's like, I don't care. I need to feed my interior decorator. So she's this horrible, horrible queen, right? And there is a scene after that where the servants come on and gossip about her, right? And the wolf is listening to the gossip and is like, oh, I made a terrible decision, yada, yada, yada. So we go to come uh, on stage and I turn around. I'm waiting on stage right Uh waiting for the cue to happen so we could walk on in order, right? Zingle, Larry, Shmo. And I noticed that Larry is missing. And I'm like, uh-oh, where's Larry? And I turn around and I see that she had already changed back into her witch costume 
as our cue was coming up and I look at her like, oh shit. <laughs> Welp, this sucks. And so the cue comes on. We don't really know what to do because we're missing Larry. And then the wolf who's narrating the story starts improvising. So Prune Danish is standing uh, in the middle of the stage waiting for the servants to come on so we can have our scene and she's doing her own thing. And then it's kind of dead silent for like half a second and the wolf realizes something is wrong. So then he started like improvising and was like, man, look at that evil queen. You can tell she's evil. Look at that stance. Look at that stare. Ooh, so bad. She's, he sounded like Lego Batman narrating in his movie. Like just the most random off the cuff stuff. So anyways... Larry is having a panic attack in her witch costume backstage because she forgot that she had another scene to go on with or to go on as uh, Larry. And we're like, you know what? Just screw it. Let's go. So we go on missing Larry. And I, okay, I was a bit thrown off by the fact that we were missing a whole person for this scene. So I got the first line wrong, but I got the idea, right? It was like, what a shame that wolf didn't eat prune Danish. And so uh, uh, Lingo says her line and we're going back and forth and we just kind of have to like skip Larry's lines because they're not there. Um, apparently though, when I was talking to people after the show, they didn't even notice that the second servant was gone. And then after, once we uh, reached the end of our scene and we go off stage, I was like, damn it. I could have said something like, Larry died in a tragic scooter accident. Shit. But I didn't think of it fast enough. That's that's the thing with improv, is that you can come up with like really, really great things, but if you don't think of them fast enough, and you don't find like a way to kind of put it into the story, uh, you're kind of fucked. But uh, anyways, uh, I will have to talk more about this show and the backstage uh, shenanigans. Uh, and shenanigans? Who the hell uses that word? That's horrible. Ugh. Um talk more about uh, stuff backstage and the process of actually creating the show because that seems a lot more interesting than me just kind of randomly talking uh, into a microphone for 30 plus minutes or a little less than 30 minutes. Um, anyways, uh, I have made my entry to Azuma's Diary. I am your lovely, gracious host, Ed Batiz. Um, it is currently not nighttime. It is uh, 2.30 in the afternoon on a Sunday, but um, I think I still got homework to do. So uh, peace, fellas. <laughs>